if what you're saying is true, and I totally believe this, that we are essentially just holographic projections, like beaming in and out of denser realities, you would want to have control over that on a linear timeline because if you didn't you would probably be sending yourself to like horrible places that you don't want to go to so it makes sense i'm an insane sexual shadow witch and my name is lacy free and i'm the fucking host of horror pod I'm 32. I never thought I would be this old, Noah. I never thought it so would young. come. You're so young. <laughs> now you can tell, you know, 20-year-olds, they're 25-year-olds, they're so young. It's a privilege. Uh, 32 is a great age. I feel like my, first of all, I will say this is a 38-year-old. Your 30s last forever. Like, it seems to be the one decade where I'm like, how am I not 40 yet? Like, I, so you're at the early stages of it. I, I loved, I think 30s have been my favorite decade for sure. So that's so great. Happy birthday. Thank you. It's been fun so far, like the 30s. Um, on my 30th birthday, I tell this story all the time, but on my 30th birthday, I was at this like witch festival with naked witches and tents and I ended up nice. in this random town. I may have told you this, but I, I haven't heard this now. I ended up with a witch who like did readings by giving tattoos. So as she would read you, she was tattooing and she was like, 30, this is your year for spiritual sovereignty. And when she said spiritual sovereignty, I was like, fuck yes. And I did acid for the first time when I was 30. And, nice. and as I was doing the acid, I saw, I was looking up at the stars and I saw one star light up and then this line formed to another star that lit up. And then I heard the gods are waking up and every time one God wakes up, a line goes to another God and they wake up. And that same birthday, that day I turned 30 is when I heard Ramin for the first time and heard Jessica for the mm. first time. And then I was on their podcast and my whole world has been different since 30. Yeah, it's only two years you, ago. Guys. A lot has happened in two years for everyone. I mean, not just so us who much. kind of bonded, but yeah, wow. What a crazy fucking... <laughs> world we find ourselves in and it totally feels like spiritual sovereignty to me it is it's annoying though are we allowed to talk about the annoying parts of having <laughs> complete i'm pretty sure that's what i'm supposed to be talking about like on my podcast and in general because i was so, I, I i feel like I tried to pre present as best I can that everyone does ultimately have full control over their reality, which is a very challenging concept for everyone, even the people who like fundamentally believe that. Now I think 
I'm supposed to communicate how annoying that is. And I think Jessa was really good at like spearheading this. And I was like, what is she talking about? It's not so annoying. And now I get it's (laughs) so annoying. It's like because everything in your life, you have to kind of rise above it and be like, you know, a godly type of person. You can't just. And then I think about like the Greek gods and stuff like that. And these other archetypal energies where like they were just assholes some of the time. I'm like, is just is this just it? Is it just like, I think it is. I think it's a combo of being like gods and demons all the time and figuring out what kind of resonantly feels best for you. But yeah, I'm just venting here, but yeah. <laughs> no, the and the gods were demons. I don't know where we got this idea that these gods were imperfect, high vibrational, beautiful souls all the time. What? I'm really obsessed with how mythology is affecting our current state right now. And I'm really into the goddess Medea. And Medea, the media is named after the dark goddess Medea. And she was the Mm. dark goddess of illusion, delusion, foresight, and prophecy. Wow. Wow. Yes. And, but media also was like the killer of the youth. You know how, like, when we were growing up, they were like, don't play video games. It destroys your brain. It's the killer of the youth. Well, the dark goddess Medea slayed her own children. So she was like worshipped in ways, but also a villain. And the constant question was, was she a hero or a villain? This is my life. (laughs) This is literally like, and like, it's not even just subjectively like, I, this is my life. And I, I, it's so frustrating because I think ultimately we decide that. And that's the hard thing we have all of this interfacing and mirroring from people and experiences outside of us. But at the end of the day, how we feel about ourselves is ultimately like what determines like how the world works for us, our world. And it's tough because like, I, I don't know about you. I'm sure everyone has been in this position at some point, but recently specifically, I have been in the objective optics position of being a total piece of shit but in the actual reality of the situation I know I'm not I like know specifically like I can see layers of things so I'm trying to figure out I think now my partner gave me the best advice she says hi by the way she still talks about the reading uh oh. you gave her oh yeah, I loved connecting to her energy She's great. Yeah, she's the best. Um, But she was reminding me, if you really want to be the god of your world, you have to like really embody principles like compassion and forgiveness, which is like, please, do I really have to do that? But it's true. And what that means is when people are like maybe actively fucking you over, like actively like kind of attacking your energy and your energy field, which is still just a perception, but it's pretty objective and people can see what's going on. You have to actually rise above that and be compassionate and graceful in communication. And I'm learning the graceful in communication part is uh, not so easy for me. So <laughs> I'm trying to get better at it. But yeah, it's a, it's a fucking doozy out here. Yeah. So when you say that you're connecting to the part of you that is a piece of shit, did you say piece of shit or asshole? I did. I did. <laughs> oh, I did quite literally verbatim. Yeah. Like, what does that feel like in your body? You say you're an asshole. What does that look like? I think, I mean, what it looks like from the outside is, and I'm, I've known this since I made like a very difficult decision to, you know, end a 10 year relationship with two young children, 
um, and like kind of like start a new life in a lot of ways, but still be a part of that life. But, you know, it looks not great. It looks optically very bad. I think people who know me well know that I don't like make decisions like that lightly. It's not like all of a sudden I'm just like, all right, I think this is the right move. So ultimately, like I know I'm not a piece of shit, but in my ex's life and other people who are involved with my ex and just outside looking in, I get how I can look like a piece of shit. Ultimately, the truth is, is I don't ever really feel like a piece of shit. If I do something wrong, I will beat myself up over it until like I'm over it. Like I'm like, okay, let me get the perspective of what I'm trying to grow through. Um, you know, I, I think this is just one of those things that like, you can't control other people's perspectives. Like you ultimately you kind of can, but like you, you can't, you can control whether you're affected by what other people are viewing of you. Like you might do something really stupid in a public place. And you might think that everyone thinks I'm the type of person who does something stupid in a public place, but normally you're super cool and it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean because of one incident that you are that it's your willingness to believe that you're that type of person. Ultimately that determines whether you're the villain in your life, right? Like it, I think the worst off I've been in my life is when I start to believe that my actions aggregate into me being like, a, like a, not like someone who really has the interests of others' well-being in mind. And I tend to go around in life, that's kind of my goal. So um, yeah, I think it's just like, you're. I know this now about my life, my role, my close friends like laugh about it. I just end up being a villain like very, very easily in other people's lives. I don't know if that's to teach them things. It's obviously to teach me some things, but like it's it's at the point where now I'm like laughing at it because I'm just like, this is ridiculous. Like I'm literally, you know, I, I feel doing like a pretty good job as in a difficult position. And, uh, you know, what can you do if you're going to be the villain for people? You're going to be the villain sometimes. Yeah. Whenever I'm the villain in someone's story, like I allow it to eat away at my flesh. You know, I'm like mm -hmm. really working on that. It doesn't like eat me alive. Like I will think about the timeline where I was the villain and loop on it. But when I, I've been tapping more into this like hologram and holographic healing stuff. And it's the idea that you can yeah, you're saying. jump timelines and go to in other dimensions. And it's the idea of us being a hologram is sort of a projection of a dense reality that we are sort of a projection of a dense reality. So the idea of holographic healing is that on an energetic level, you can sort of go to that lower denser reality and through like imagination and other synchronicities and frequencies, you can reprogram the dense reality so that it shines a different image. Whew, I don't know if that makes sense. It does make sense. It makes total sense because it's what we're doing. Ultimately. Yeah. So, yeah. So like when I feel like a villain and I definitely fucking have been in a few people's stories, like I just literally go back to the dense reality because I think the timeline exists where I was a fucking dick and the timeline exists where I was my most highest self. And I kind of go back into that totally. dense reality and feel it. And the trick is like feeling it in my body, like in my stomach where I was angry at the person or passive aggressive. And then I like literally envision me reprogramming that by like 
using different words in that same moment. So I'll like meditate as me like acting out a different timeline with that person and literally feel it changing in my body. And you kind of were saying, you were saying this at the beginning that like what's going on inside is literally just reflecting outside of us. And it sounds like, duh, but it hit me again yesterday. I was feeling a little chaotic and I went into the health food store and people were like bumping into each other in the aisles. Cereal like fell down in the aisle. And then I looked at two of the grocers and there was two girls and they grabbed each other and they were like, did you hear about that shooting? And I was like, what the hell is happening? There's all this chaos breaking out outside of me. And then I just heard my guide say, Lacey, you just tapped tapped into a fucking chaotic timeline because you are chaos right now. Like you feel that chaos in your body. So then I was just tapped into like peace in my body. And like within minutes, I swear I was just on another timeline. I never heard about a shooting. I don't know if that really happened or if it was my imagination. No one ended up running into each other. The drive home was super peaceful. And I was like, whoa, that chaos was literally just a reflection of my internal chaos. Yeah. And this taps into something I've been really thinking about chaos specifically the past few days because my life, I had a kid in and out of the hospital. I've just had like a lot of shit going on. And I started to realize that what we perceive as chaos in our lives is usually just a transitional or growth opportunity for us that we identify as chaos because it's not going how it was that was maybe not preventing, but maybe not making it as easy to kind of transcend something that was like not for your best interest or like overall spiritual path, whatever you want to call it. Because it feels like that to me, like chaos is like we call chaos when things are disordered, right? When they're not going right, when there's no kind of like in any way logical or spiritual or heart or mind-based kind of guidance to what's going on, we call that chaos, right? That tends to kind of like coalesce and come together when like we need to like really look at something, right? That's what chaos does. It has this incredible ability to like have a guide come in or a situation arise where you have to focus and really be like, oh, okay, I see what's going on. And I totally can confirm the direct relationship between um, your state of mind and how you're feeling. And and I don't want to say like, this is like, you can think this away. I think maybe that's something I've glossed over in the past. It's not like you can just like switch all the time. Sometimes it's really easy to switch states. Sometimes it takes a little more effort. If you're really going down a tunnel of like misery or guilt or shame or anger, like it can be hard to pull up out of that nosedive. But if you keep like a bag of tricks around you, whether that's a support system, music, herbs, you know, things for your body, whatever it is like that, like a shaman or like a witch or whatever it is, if you have that stuff around you, it does give you the opportunity to pull yourself out and then see that when you start to change your mind, your reality literally becomes a more beautiful, cohesive, coherent place. And it feels like from like our our minds and our individuated states of consciousness, like that's annoying and horrible, but it's smart. It's smart that it's functionally like that because if it wasn't, if what you're saying is true, and I totally believe this, that we are essentially just holographic projections, like beaming in and out of denser realities, you would want to have control over that on a linear timeline because if you didn't, you would probably be sending yourself to like horrible places that you don't want to go to. So 
it makes sense. Yeah. And I just, I love what you were just saying about the chaos and that it's like transcending. As you were saying that, I heard like we chaos shows up when we're transitioning from one energy to the next. Totally. And it helps us like see that transition. Ooh, I love that. Well said, yeah. Noah. I mean, I don't, yeah, we all get this from personal experience and like you get those epiphanies and realizations. Unfortunately, sometimes you have to go through some really hard shit. And that, I guess, is the path many of us have chosen ultimately because you learn like really powerful things over time. And it seems in time, there's endless amounts of things to learn about that. So, you know, yeah, I, it's like a perpetual thing. I also like how you talked about having supports around you to help shift the consciousness because it's hard for me. I talked about being in the grocery store and just shifting it. That's rare for me. Like, I feel like I usually have to be down in it and fully feel it before I can transmute it. But like music and herbs and having these external supports. We're taught that all external supports are kind of bad or to not be dependent on them, but they're you. They're you. Yes. I love that. And they're comforting and they're nurturing. And I've been thinking about how the media is sort of traumatizing our brains and have been from since like 2018. I think there's like light aliens in the media who are using like really fucking cool memes to activate ascension. But then I also think there's sort of like darker, denser media that's like traumatizing our prefrontal cortex. and Which has been the dominant form too. That latter one being what most of us have grown up with. Yeah. Totally. And even just these images, it's putting our brain in a state of trauma. When our brain's in a state of trauma, it's really hard to fucking critically think. And it literally sends tons of cortisol to our brain and cortisol can shrink the brain. So I've been reading a lot about the brain and the most beautiful part about the brain is that it regenerates itself and you can take herbs that flush that cortisol out of your brain and your brain literally like will start to blossom. It's called neuroplasticity when our brain like heals from the trauma. And one of the number one ways to tap into neuroplasticity is music is frequencies. Of course. So I fucking love that you bring up like having the comfort of the music of the herbs. And I'm also beginning to think that when we get the sensation of like chills, there's a very specific type of chills. You don't just get it with music. You do get it often, but you can get it with anything like an epiphany. I imagine that's probably neuroplasticity. It's probably what it feels like because you're literally feeling throughout your like limbic and like every system, like you can feel this. And I know that that signal, that intuitive kind of thing, that's carried me through all of the important parts of my life. If I didn't have that, if I look back at my life and I go, I didn't have that thing that tingles up when something is like really moving to me, I would be like, I think I would probably be fucked. I think I probably wouldn't have had like a beacon to follow. And that to me feels like neuroplasticity because it's the freedom to kind of be like, oh, okay, what am I doing again? What's going on here? Do I like this? Like, and that's just like, it's a constant 
process. It's not like we get to the place. We want to think of it like that. Like, oh, we get to the place. I learned this with money and crypto. Oh, when I have this much money, I'll be at that place. And then it'll be like this. No, it's not. It's just like you get to another place because that's what you want to do if you want to do it. So you, it's this constant like projection that we have to maintain. I imagine when we get tired of it, we die. That's probably <laughs> what it is. We're just like, all right, enough of this. I'm done. It's a lot of work. So much work, so much work. When you feel like you're kind of in the denser areas, how do you manifest for yourself in those areas? Like when you're not like when you're like, fuck, what the fuck is happening? I mean, I think the real answer is most of the time poorly. Like that's probably how I found myself in these situations. Um, I don't stay feeling I don't feel bad for myself for very long. I think that's the most important yeah. thing. If you start to feel bad for yourself, if you start to feel like a victim, if you start to feel like everything is against you and for an extended period of time, that can be the biggest hindrance to allowing things to come in. I luckily had yesterday, I think it was, was that the Yom Kippur day? Was it the day before? I had like 10 synchronicities before like 9 a.m. And I'm like, all right, this is insane. Like I get it. Here's some wake up calls. So like, it does really have to do with your receptivity to seeing like the ever present reality that is synchronicity or this magic that allows us to like gracefully move through this shit. But, um, you know, I, I I'm not going to lie and say like when I'm feeling like shit is just chaotically fucked up. I will say this though. And I think maybe this is the most important thing I could communicate. I always know I have not seen evidence yet that there isn't anything in this world that you can't affect with your mind and your spirit and your heart. So when my kid's in the hospital and I'm seeing things visually, I fundamentally still believe if I place my hands on him and do a little magic thing in my head that feels real, it's going to have an effect. I never lose that. And if you lose, if you don't lose that, you will, you get pushed to the fucking brink. You can get pushed all the way to the fucking brink of stuff, but if you don't lose it, you will bounce back. Right? So when you bounce back, you've, hopefully learned various lessons. Um, I, I think now what I'm realizing is, is like sometimes you bounce back and usually my experience has been like you bounce back and everything is great. Amazing. You learned the thing. You did the thing. Woo. Now I'm realizing like sometimes you bounce back and there's still like another fucking thing right there. And you're like, what the fuck is this? Another thing? Another one? But I do think ultimately this is what helps us grow. And like if we're the creators of our own reality, we better all be pretty good at like forgiving, compassion, generosity, um, acceptance, allowance, like all of these things. And those sound all great and amazing until like you're in a situation where you're like, fuck this person. I don't want to forgive them. They're pieces of shit. Irredeemable. And I don't ever really believe irredeemable, but I'm just like, why are they doing this to me? How dare they? And then that's when I take the <laughs> step and go, oh, okay, I'm doing this to me. There's something about me that is creating this situation. I can't blame this other person exclusively. So, you know, it's all shit we have so to do. good sometimes. I fucking love Ugh. the blame sometimes. And I know. I really love it. Actually, it only feels good for a little bit. It's like getting really drunk. It like feels great for a bit. And then there's like a hangover lasting, no. from the blame. How is your son doing? He's really good. He's great. Um, I had a lot of uh, information come out after he's been out in the hospital. He got he had these tummy pains. He went in to a, a doctor and the doctor was like, you have to go to the hospital. So my ex drove him up there um, and 
they left that night and he seemed fine. Two days later, she took him back because he was really complaining. I had had him um, the following two days and I was like, he seems like he's getting better. He's sick. And then I had him a, a few days after that and I took him to the hospital because he was like passing out from pain. They found all so this like lymph node and swollen in his stomach. It was crazy. But I was convinced kind of from the beginning that this was more of like a psycho spiritual thing. And I got a lot of confirmation on that um, after the fact outside of myself that I didn't go seeking out. So I, I think I'm, I think this whole thing happened for a lot of reasons, but one of the ones for me was to learn kind of the power of healing and belief and conviction and also like trying to get to the root problems of illness rather than just like medically trying to clear them and, because sometimes that really just doesn't work and it can work. And I don't think if your appendix is bursting, which is what they thought it might be at first, it's great to have someone come in and be able to take it out. But if there's some psycho spiritual emotional reason that's causing that, maybe we could learn more collectively about what those things might be so we can recognize the dynamics and heal them in another way. So I think I'm in the middle of playing that shit out, but he's good. He's, he's really like rebounded more well than like anyone would have thought. So He's doing well. Yeah. I'm so glad to hear he's doing well. Do you do you see yourself as yeah. a healer? Like I feel like you brought healing to him in that, and that you like yeah. more about you as a healer in that. Yeah, I I mean, I think I would probably say like reluctantly. You know what I mean? Like I I don't I don't like the term. I think one of the things I actually realized about like being part of the healing process for him is it's through you. It's something that's going through you. It's not you doing it to someone. It's something that you're allowing to come through you as like a conduit that can be like facilitating that. That seems to be a more um, appropriate word for it. Like you you become like a conduit or a channel or something for healing to go in if it is supposed to happen too. Like it's not like you go around and you touch people on the head who are critically ill. Like they may have a path where that's important. I mean, people have to want to get better and address the things that are making them ill ultimately. But, you know, you, you can be like a conduit for that. I think that's, that's a good thing. Um, I learned a lot about that for this. You'll learn it with your kids. They'll teach it pretty quickly when they're sick, but, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was crazy. (laughs) Yeah. I love what you're saying about the sort of conduit energy, the sort of channel energy. And I don't think you can like actually be a channel for someone unless both of your higher selves are on board, like their higher self has to consent in a way. And it feels sort of like this dance of the higher selves and higher dimensions. And then it channels through your body. Yeah, it really is that. I mean, there's just so many things we can't perceive with our physical senses. And even like our, for those of us, and I don't consider myself like elite at this, but who have had crafted other senses that are relatively reliable like we're scratching the surface here like we don't see shit you know what i mean take some psychedelics and see just how much we don't see it's like but it's there i think we have increasing awareness of it and i think sometimes that increasing aware you know what i'm realizing i also have a newborn i got a lot of shit going on there's a (laughs) three-month-old he is starting to like become more aware and as you become more aware you both have more experiences that are related to fun, but you also have more stuff that you're maybe aware of that's not fun and more uncomfortable. And it's just like, it's a growing and sprouting process that like, you know, you have to be aware of all of it, but it's ultimately 
like who would want to be a baby forever in here that would suck you know like no one really wants to be a baby for that's like the worst thing that can happen to people is like als or these things where like your mind is totally fine your body is like useless like that's horror that's like everyone's like probably one of their biggest fears so like you don't want that there's it's functional again but yeah. kind of annoying yeah my first boyfriend his dad had ms so he like really couldn't move his body and this was my boyfriend we got together when i was like 15 so i was a kid essentially and i so his family sort of became my family but his dad being in a wheelchair was super into astro traveling and he's one of the first people who taught me about that and he was like so content with not being able to move his physical body on the 3D because he felt like it helped him have the ability to travel other dimensions. And like, he totally like broke down the steps to his son and to, and to me. And he was like, what you guys do. And I don't know if this is universal, but he was like, hold hands, look at each other's eyes before you go to sleep, meditate, just staring into each other's souls and envision the place you want to meet up, but don't tell each other. And then we went to sleep and we found each other in the rainforest. And it was like wow. our like dreams or our travel was completely parallel to each other or synced That's up, pretty integrated. That's yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, he like just that. died re- recently that his dad and I he died at like 12:03 a.m. and I like sat up from my bed and said his name. Mm-hmm. Like I could totally feel it. But it feels like his death is like it feels like he was so happy about dying. Like I felt yeah. such a happiness in my body for him. Like a release and like he probably realized some stuff long before his death that made him be at peace with the physical transition, but also excited for what potentially, you know, is beyond the mortal coil. You just sort of briefly mentioned that you had a lot of synchronicities this morning or yesterday morning. I think it was yesterday. Yeah. I mean, time is definitely getting smudgy. It's like a fucking Van Gogh. <laughs> so smudgy. So smudgy. I think part of it is because we are waking up to new senses. I think part yeah. of this is we're like waking up to way more superpowers and senses. But I first want to ask you, like, what were those synchronicities? If you want to share them, what did, what do you, what did Noah's synchronicities look like or feel like? All right. So the, the first one, you'll love this because it's a Kanye one. And who doesn't love a good Kanye synchronicity? So I, <laughs> I I have been when when Donda first came out and I caught a couple of the not in full but the live performances which I really enjoyed. Yes. Um I think uh I was listening to the album. It's not my favorite Kanye album I've ever heard. There's a I think four or five tracks that I listen to pretty regularly and one of them is uh Jesus Lord. It's just a really good fucking yeah. song. It's gr- it's just fucking great. And Jay Electronica has a verse on it and he keeps, he kept saying this word and I'm like, what the fuck is this word? This what? I don't understand what he's saying. It's like, I'm like, what the fuck is that? So I didn't look it up for like the, since the album's been out and it's my favorite, probably verse on the whole track. It's really cool. Very God consciousness stuff. It's fucking great. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to look it up this morning. And this is after the day after my son is like back and like fully healthy. Like he's really like, it's been confirmed by my ex. He's been with her for a couple of days. Like he's really like turned a corner. So I'm finally feeling some sense of relief. I'm feeling calm. I'm feeling peace. So I'm like, all right, let me look up this word, what he's saying. 
And I'm like, all right, what the fuck could this possibly be? I thought it was like Erthru. And it, it ends up being the word Erturu. And Erturu is a Turkish like guy who fought for like God and Islam against like the Mongolians, like Whoa. everyone, the Christians. He was just like a superhero. Now, what's crazy about that is last year, um, we my my wife and I, my now wife and I, we're watching a show, Erturu, which is one of the biggest shows in the world in the Muslim community. And it's just like a fighty show, but there's like religious stuff. It's not like winning any awards for like theology. It's basically like Muslim pop Islam Islamic propaganda, but it's good. It's got its fucking characters and it's good. It's like a fighty soap opera. But we watched, by the way, there's like 600 episodes of this show and we plowed through them so like i was just like that's fucking weird and i showed her and she's like that's really weird it's a very obscure character like most people haven't won't have heard of arturo so that was number one that was kickstarting the day and then I, my mom called me right after that and was saying it's like yom kippur the day of forgiveness and i'd been you know in this you know confrontation with people in my life and maybe i should be thinking about forgiving um the day before up on the hospital okay so it started the day before I'm taking the kid to the hospital. I'm on the throughway. I'm speeding. It's tense. It's scary. We get there. He's not doing that well. When I, I came back the next day, went back, and on my way back, the GPS took me a different way. It took me across this beautiful upstate, the perfect time of day. It was like angels were smiling down. The light is perfect. It was like the be most beautiful quintessential Hudson Valley like scenery you could ever see. There's a castle in the back where people did like painting and stuff. It was crazy. I get there from then on, everything was calm. And that was like a 24 hour period of just like total calm and bliss and healing and relief. And I'm trying, I'll remember the other synchronicities, but then it just started like, it started getting like comical where I just started kind of laughing. You know, I'm, people around me, I'll be thinking of something like a phrase, fox in the hen house. Then my wife goes, so, you know, sometimes I get emotional because of the baby. And I was talking to my family and I saw, you know, they had this, uh, chickens they have these chickens in this place i don't know what you call it and like there was a, a like a fox or something and i'm like i'm literally thinking fox in the hen house and i told her and this shit just kept happening it's like when your psychic stuff just starts to reactivate they cascade and if you can just not get like freaked out by it which happened to me probably like 10 15 years ago or whenever you know it first really happened to me you just ride it and you're like all right now i'm in a period where i should start paying attention to things around me pretty actively because things are getting wonky. So let's ride that wave. <laughs> totally. Um, my friend who listens to Horpod asked, if you're seeing the same synchronicity over and over, what do you do? Or what does that mean to you? I would say like, always depends on the actual synchronicity because that synchronicities are just meaningful things that at least are observed coincidences observed by you. They can be observed by other people that tends to give them an added juice, but there's some meaningful reason that's happening. So try to pay attention to your immediate thoughts and feelings when seeing the synchronicity and see if anything like flashes in front of you. You can get a picture sometimes like what's this about? Is it about healing? Is it about forgiveness? Is it about a specific thing you're supposed to do or a specific person? Um, you'll, like you probably know already intuitively. Um, I think the idea of having to take action, this is coming up in some readings I've done recently, um, is like a little misunderstood. Like you will take action. You will be compelled to do something, but thinking you have to do something 
and take action actually reinforces the idea that you don't have the thing that you're seemingly trying to get. You Mm. already have it. It's already there. Don't be careful that you don't reinforce that you don't have it by thinking you need to do something to get it. So I just think, you know, usually try to calmly observe what's coming up in a synchronicity. If it's not instantly available and it keeps happening again, you probably have an idea. It's probably not like, well, that's weird. It's like there's some (laughs) other layer of it that's going on. Follow that thread um, and, you know, buckle up basically. Yeah. And then what about when people, do people ever tell you like they don't see synchronicities? Like I get people who are like get frustrated because they feel like they don't have a connection to guides or that they never see synchronicities. What do you say to them? I mean, all I can say is, like, I don't hear that a lot because I assume people who don't get them, like, they're just like, I don't know what this guy is talking about. <laughs> yeah. Like, this, this is why this is ridiculous. Um, I, But I do know people who seem like they don't have them influence their life as much. Um, And, you know, you just like, it's, I always say the same thing. It's like your receptivity is up to you. That's like something you can control. There may be fear. There may be um, trauma, there might be psychological, emotional reasons. You don't want to do that. I mean, I like for personally, like I believe very much in UFOs and aliens. I've never seen them. Yeah. I, I, there's a reason I've never seen them. It's, it's to me either I don't need to, or maybe I don't want to. So I don't like question their reality because I haven't seen them. They seems like a very logical thing that would exist interfacing into this dimensional consciousness now we see enough people collectively kind of believe that i've seen the same ones that everyone else has now you know on the screens with the things but personally i've never seen it It doesn't mean i don't think that it doesn't exist um synchronicity if you are open to it it's just the way of things you might call it a primitive mindset in like a derogatory way kind of but it's how other cultures and people in the world before there was other layers of things just kind of viewed magical reality. It's just, this is really what's going on. Everything you see before you, not in like some weird imaginal realm type of way, had to be thought of and imagined before it became into this world. Like that the, just like, just in a basic, not interesting, not mystical, anything. Like someone had to think of like, hey, I think there should be like computers. And like someone had to build a fucking computer to make a computer. So it's not like a far-fetched idea that there is some principle at play that we're not consciously aware of that is permeating our field here and that's all synchronicity is and the truth is is if anyone has an experience like meaningful synchronicities which again is hard for me to imagine but if that's true just like wait be open to it wait set the intention it'll happen so fast and then you might be questioning maybe i shouldn't have fucking kick-started this thing and turbo boost it maybe that was cool waiting 10 years or so yeah and we can have synchronicities digitally like online like something might show up but for me i find if i don't feel like i'm getting many synchronicities or messages i like i'm like oh I've been having my phone out too much, like put the phone Mm -hmm. down and spend a day like fucking hiking. And on the hike, just, I just ask for messages as I'm like walking. Yeah. Walking meditation. It feels like all the very basics of spirituality are suddenly profound to me this week. I'm like, well, me too. Me too. If there's something up, there's something up. I know when my life gets particularly volatile, 
um, yeah. there's usually something up collectively. Because I feel like ultimately, like, the more you understand this, it's like this idea of like the seven rishis who uphold the reality of everything. It's like, it's not that those seven guys are so fucking special and they're better than everyone. It's just like they figured shit out and they're like, oh shit, now I got to fucking sustain this for seven forever because I'm one of the seven. It's like you have a responsibility when you understand that your consciousness creates reality to make it the best place possible for the people who share the similar resonance to you. And, yeah. uh, I just feel like when my life goes crazy, I'm like, fuck, if my life is this crazy right now, just I, I can't imagine how people are feeling baseline when this shit isn't going on. So we get the kind of profound messages. I, the nature stuff made me think of something, though, just to tie this with the video game stuff. So I've been playing this game, this samurai game. And there's a really cool part of the game where you have to like meditate and form these haikus and you do it by looking at various parts of nature. They're like the sky, like ever present and free. Then you look at the water always flowing. Then you look at like some moss, like overgrowing and like they build haikus. And I was like, holy shit. Like, I can't believe it just took me a video game that I'm playing in the middle of the night to teach me that like you can build poetry out of nature just by looking at natural things. And I was like, that's cool. When we've hit the point where like video Fuck games yes. are also filtering it through, I think we're doing decently overall. So yeah, I agree with the nature stuff. It's the best. Yes. I'm going to, that's what I'm going to do for my birthday today. Just dive deep into deep into the earth. I have this witch friend who is like Lacey you have to fucking bury yourself she wants to give me that frog hallucinogen and then like bury oh, myself five meo dmt Maybe. or the combo yeah, yeah. the one where you smoke the it or combo. the one where you the combo combo i think is the one that they put in you they like cut you and put it on in you yeah yeah she's way That's more combo. hardcore than me i'm scared what it, how do you I feel about combo i don't, I don't I don't fuck with the toads right now. I don't, there's no toad mystic <laughs> vision telling me that I come and I need to do five MEO DMT or uh combo. I'm sure there's something there. There's no disparaging. I know lots of people I love very much who do that um, semi-regularly and it seems to provide immense benefits and there does seem to be a huge death rebirth aspect to it. Um, but I'm good. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm all right on that. Yeah, it's supposed to help with inflammation too, apparently. But I think it's it purges. Yeah, it purges your your lymphatic and blood system. I think as well. It's it's a healing medicine, but it like it's like a tough one. You know? Yeah, it's just like fuck. I'm over tough healing right now. Like I'm <laughs> over that. I, I'm I'm just I want to float for a little bit. And also, I feel like I'm tripping twenty four seven sober. Like, I'm just seeing too many things to dive deep into that. But she's like, bury yourself up to your neck and like literally sleep in the ground for the night. And I can't. These witches are way too hardcore for me. But what I appreciated about something you said was like that the magic comes with responsibility. And I think witches really taught me that from a young age. And it does. It is a sort of duty in a weird way. Um, to is. be a magic person and you hold the weight of the collective. One thing yeah. I've been like feeling lately is the death of the dollar. <laughs> <laughs> and like a month ago, out of nowhere, like I was on a, I had worked out and then I was just like walking in the sun and blissed out. And all of a sudden I just started hysterically fucking crying 
And I was just crying about money, which is not like, I'm not like a super money person. Like I love the idea of cryptocurrency because I've had like magic crypto gods in my life. And I see it as a revolutionary. I see it as a new, the new world, a multiverse. But I was feeling this collective grief about money and the dollar dying and it like hurting people. I mean, it's going to be a transition. I think the good news is, from what I've seen evolve within a relatively generalized cryptocurrency community that would include facets of like crypto Twitter and various like servers and things that are going on, it's going to be all right. There's enough people like I can say me and others out there who like understand that this isn't a game to accumulate as much as possible for your own benefit or your family's own. Like it's for like, this is a broader switch from consolidated wealth generationally, several, many, many generations of wealth. It is getting broadly distributed into an ecosystem that is now created like a gravitational vortex that is now like it can't not happen. We've crossed that black hole point, the event horizon, where cryptocurrency is now pulling real capital from other places because the way it works is better. Doesn't mean it's always better. It just means there's various aspects of having smart contracts or decentralization or immutability or rules or whatever it is that's better than someone being like yeah let me hold your money cool i'm gonna don't worry about anything else but this is what we're gonna do like it's just a little bit better so i think there is going to be a collective death of a middleman type thing and unfortunately our society has very much been built on middleman mentality a lot of and this is not an indictment on anyone who finds himself in this position if you're a middleman and you're specialized and you're connecting things that's not a bad thing you're doing it's just now people have more access to everything so that kind of seems to go away as something that like needs to exist that's going to be painful i think a lot of the um i'm not like a solar flare person i have a lot of people in my life who believe like you know all this shit's gonna get taken down by a solar flare and we're gonna have to go back to nature i don't think we're gonna see that in our lifetimes it may happen in the future and we may repeat like a sun myth like for sure but um i don't think in our consciousness that's what we signed up for so it's how do we bridge how do we live in these two worlds that are kind of seemingly transitioning into one another um i think financially i see a lot of people now who are in really good shape to take care of themselves and people in their lives. And I seems like if these trends continue in cycles for cryptocurrency, um, there will be a new class, not that there already isn't, but more of a new class of person who gets to choose how to spend their money in the way that feels good for them without being necessarily culturally drawn to certain like trappings of wealth or like you know some beautiful thing a mansion or whatever like i see a lot more communes i see a lot more people just wanting and recognizing that spending time together is a thing creating things is a thing that feeds people um it is rocky i mean i know people who have been relying on pandemic unemployment uh 
stuff and they just cut that off for pretty much everyone and there are people that's all their money was coming from that and now where the getting was good you know it's not so good anymore and they're like fuck uh what do i do to pay my rent and my mortgage and like just basic shit so there's gonna be turbulence but then you have people like me who are maybe like huh it just so happens recently I've come into enough that maybe I can help mitigate some of those problems for you. So like there's, there's a, there's a shift here going on. And I think um, everyone will probably know at least a few people in their life who do well with cryptocurrency or various aspects of it. And then probably from those people, not everyone, but like, there's going to be people who are like, yeah, I just like did really well. And like, I know you needed some help with this thing and I know you would never ask for it, but I feel like this is something that maybe could help you right now. It's not like, don't think of it as a gift or anything like that, but I just feel like this could be something that would be helpful. You're going to see more of that and it's not going to become like a weird thing. We have all these money ego stuff um, constantly playing out, which is annoying, um, obviously, but I don't know. I'm not too worried about it, I guess, maybe because I'm also currently in a position where I'm benefiting from it greatly. But I also know my benefit isn't coming at other people's expense, right? There's no one who's like losing because I'm winning right now. This is just a new way of things are evolving. And, um, you know, it's pretty good times. Yeah, yeah. There's so much energy around it. And I have to be careful, like for myself, because... I do emotionally and bodily take on stuff that happens in the collective. And I have to find this balance within myself where I can feel what's happening in the collective without like manifesting that for myself. Sometimes I, I take on what's happening in the collective because I will emotionally immerse in it. So I was starting to feel like this collective grief about unemployment ending and, you know, the housing situation in so many areas. And then I started feeling that emotion and then fucking right away, my external environment started crashing. And what the money I was uh, like feeling secure with vanished (laughs) like instantly. Yeah, it happens. Um, And that, yeah, it happens. Yeah. And, and I, and I appreciate in ways sometimes when that does happen because it shows me it's not real. Like it can completely vanish and it can completely appear. One time, you know, I don't come from wealth or have like family that help has ever helped me. And I was getting myself through college in a snowstorm one year and my landlord called and he's like, you're $300 late on rent. And I went in my car and I was like crying in the snowstorm. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get $300. And I like kind of hit like my like steering wheel and it, it made the glove box like open and I like was picking up what fell out of the glove box and it was this check from the cherry cricket a restaurant I had worked at a year before and it was a check for $300 that had never got cashed <laughs> for me being a server like servers don't even like get checks I mean we do but it was you know right like, it's rare it's not like that right yeah so so I have to always remember that but I started like freaking out about money a little bit when all that was happening. And I was like, for the last two years, I've been making money just by being lacy. And that's like a dream fucking come true, like by doing podcasts and readings and poetry and art, like I've just sustained. And it's been like a beautiful fucking gift. And then all of a sudden it felt like, 
oh, I might have to get a job <laughs> in the matrix during the pandemic. You and won't if you don't want to, I mean, the truth is with all this stuff, and I, I think people are being pushed to these brinks because like it's gut check time. What do you really want? What do you really believe? And money has been this security net, faux security comfort net that just isn't what it like inflation, by the way, is up 5% in the past year. They think it's going to go up by 4.2% every year. That's a big fucking deal. If you're buying something that costs $100,000, that now costs $105,000. Like $5,000 to most people is not something that's just coming every day or even annually. So there's money isn't like this stable thing that is like going to provide people security, a state of abundance and um, fulfillment will inevitably lead you to either more money or a better living situation or something where you don't have to worry about money. Like those things are a lot of people are going to be confronted with those challenges. I, I do feel relatively fortunate that I, had kids like five years ago that like that shit will teach you real ask any parent ask any parent about money problems and then when they had kids and it'll you know bring couples to divorce of course but like you figure shit out you'd be like wow like you know that's why people (laughs) say money comes with new kids because like suddenly all of a sudden this isn't just like you know this sucks it's like holy shit i can't live like a kid not have food or a place to live and like you get that desperation or that like crunch can get you out of it also you know, with the crypto stuff these days, you don't need a ton to get to a place where you're, you're good. Like that's something that like, we'd see a lot in the server where they're like, whoa, like I remember when like this was a problem for me. And it's like, maybe they're not making hundreds of thousands of dollars or tens of thousands of dollars, but they're at a point where they're like, yo, you're telling me I can pull out my like $800 every month and still have what I had and more like, that teaches people things about themselves. So yeah, all I can say is like, hang in there. And if anyone, not anyone, but like if my friends are hurting and ever need like a cash and and they should know they can come to me and I'll be honest whether I have it or not. I really, and it's not like loaning. It's like, you know, giving. So. <laughs> and I, I love that you're like putting magic out there, even by you just saying that like we're sort of you didn't say even out, but that's how I feel energetically about it. Like some people are really benefiting from crypto and some people with crypto are going to like help others. Like even just you saying that you're putting a spell on the collective, like to me, like a high vibrational spell. And it seems also just to be what's happening too. Like it's like, it was an intention years ago and now I see it like to the point where where you're saying spell there's someone who created something called Spell, which is something called Magic en- Internet Money, which is in a protocol called Wonderland.money, where <laughs> I've done pretty well over the past, you know, month. And like, it's just like, this shit is really a meme. It's really a game. It's not what you think it is. I don't want everyone to be reckless and just like rush in and throw money into cryptocurrency. You could totally get your ass handed to you people. I know people right now who are down who are down in a major fucking bull run over the past year and a half. They're down. It happens. So like your karma and your energy will play into it. But, you know, if you have the 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 desire enough to not do something that feels like it is soul crushing, you won't do cryptocurrency isn't going to seem so bad. And it's like pretty gentle as far as things. It'll teach you about your relationship with money better than anything else that I've found. It'll teach you how good you are at making it, how good you are at losing it, how good you are with strategy, how good you are with 
when to tie your emotions and intuition into the stuff, when to not do that because you're basically gambling. Like it'll teach you a lot, but there's a reason that like a meme coin in Doge and Elon Musk, like it's this shit is like it's a game. I know it sucks because the real world implications. There are people who don't have money for drugs they need, like insulin and shit. This is not like a game, a fun game for everyone, but we are at a point where if you are receptive and open to it, um, it's not a bunch of people trying to scam you into losing your money. You know, it's like there, there, there are enough people out here who are j- trying to hold that vibe where like, hey, we've been through a few of these. We seem to know how this game is played. Maybe we can all like teach ourselves about this and get better. And that is what's happening. So totally. And part of when I had the little freak out of like, do I have to start a like get a job? Like my job before um, being a professional witch, I was managing a strip club. Like I don't have the greatest professional references. Um, So I was like a little freaked out, but I feel like the universe showed me like, or put that in my head that I need to get a job. So that I started searching for what a job means in 2021. And what I discovered was that as the matrix is crumbling, a multiverse has been created. We talk a lot about a new world coming. Well, there also is just a new world there that has been birthed. I don't think we're all fully in it or that I'm fully in it, but I have a friend named Black Natter and he's super smart with cryptocurrency and just tech. And he was like showing me all these cryptocurrency jobs that even if you're not smart, yeah. like with cryptocurrency, there there's a whole new economy of these cr- crazy innovative companies that are yeah. cryptocurrency companies, but you could go and you could do communications or they have jobs like storyteller for them or like meme creator. You can yeah, meme lord. make TikToks yeah. for them. And it's like, whoa, as the major, there's still going to be jobs in the new world, but I feel like they're going to be more of an energetic reflection of who we are instead of in the matrix where jobs were parasitic and sucking from our energy. It will be both for sure. They will still maintain like a lot of those jobs that are right here right now. I've been through a couple of these bull runs when those companies coins are down 80% and what they thought their treasury of, you know, $10 million is now $2 million. They're not going to be able to hire the same way that yeah. will happen. So I, I do want people to be aware that like these things come in cycles. But that said, there are absolutely new economies already being developed. One of the biggest coins of this year was this gaming coin, Axie, Axie Infinity. You had to buy these three little characters who could fight against other ones in like a little battle, turn-based thing. And an entire thing came out of it called Axie Scholarships, which people in the Philippines and a lot of other places, you basically could make, if you played this game for the maximum amount of time, you know, it'd be like somewhere like five hours, you could make like $40 a day. Now, $40 a day to us is like, all right, you know, that's not that great. It's not paying the bills, but they're playing a fucking game on their computers <laughs> in the Philippines, making more money than anyone around them. And this created a complete ecosystem. And it's not fake money. It's not like there's not real money. There's people are starting to see that there's different ways to make money. Um, there will yeah. always be 
um, ideas. I know because I've spoken to my ex-wife about this, like she's in a position where she has to figure this out. Like a lot of people, I'm like, listen, there's places where you can go and do transcriptions. You can listen to audio and type out transcriptions. I'm like, it's not a glamorous job, but like there's endless fucking things that you can do to make money. And then if you also start to figure out how to like invest, whether it's crypto or something else, just depositing and earning some interest on, you know, money you have, like it's, there's options now that aren't outside of almost anyone's purview. Like if people in the Philippines figured out how to make $40 a day, um, and a lot of them, a lot more, they're doing multiple accounts. They could be doing, you know, $200 a day. So there's, there's ways to look at all of these different economies that are emerging. Um, if AI stuff, like not AI, but like robotic stuff continues, like, you know, truck drivers aren't going to have jobs in 10, 15 years. Um, shipping industry will be completely supply chain stuff will be completely revamped. Service jobs will be completely revamped. Like this is probably in some way going to happen. We'll see how much people push back against the initial idea of it. But um, they're going to have to figure out how to make money in different ways. I think the governments will probably come in and start to pay people like we saw during the pandemic. I think one of the biggest functional reasons that this was tested out, whether it was like created or not, and it's a false flag or whatever, is you, you, if I was a government and I was a group of governments, I would maybe want to see how people reacted if all of a sudden we said, stay at home, here, have some money. I would like to see what would happen. Are they going to freak the fuck out? Are they going to be chill about it? Or is this something that's social experiment? And it's like, I'm not a huge conspiracy person. It's just like logically thinking how you manage large populations of people that even with the most advanced metric data that they can glean from our phones and stuff, there's not like a high degree of confidence that anything people are going to act a certain way. I hope who knows, maybe we're just like in a Westworld computer and they're fucking telling us what to do and pretending what to think it doesn't feel like that to me though so i think you know ultimately it we owe it to ourselves individually to figure out our own relationship with abundance and where money fits in with abundance it's not that you have to have a dollar amount it's not that you have to have a certain bitcoin amount or ether amount or whatever so many valuable nfts it's what do you what do you use your money for what are you doing? What are you spending it on? Are you spending it on better food to encourage, you know, more local, sustainable, organic, biodynamic farming? That's a good use of money. That's probably a better use of money than donating to like a nebulous charity online. Like, you know, I mean, there's like so many different ways that this will evolve. But I think we're seeing this transfer of wealth that is incredible. And I think we will continue to see people enough good people when i say good people enough generous kind people having um enough money where they can do things also to be clear sometimes generous and kind people don't know how to use money at all and it can make them <laughs> ungenerous it can make them greedy and unkind so like there's levels of responsibility we want i just think people are seeing that money is just an energy like anything else let it function as a flow of abundance um and you should see good stuff and don't get down on yourself it's not happening it ha- doesn't happen all the time it's like the chaotic stuff we were talking about it's probably a transitional period and you're getting bogged down in the transition it's okay yeah so. and it's already taught me a lot like of how to sort of step back into my own energy and not get swept into the collective pain to like yeah that's a doozy to, that's a doozy yeah and i didn't i feel like i made it sound like oh now there's cryptocurrency jobs so we're all fine but i just found that they're like 
I was crying one night. I said I was crying like three different times since we've been on. Virgo season has been a teary one for me, apparently. What is going on? Do you, you know what I did? I watched willingly by myself <laughs> at three in the morning what dreams may come. Oh, my God, I Williams. love it. And like anyone who's seen that movie, it's literally you're just crying from the first five minutes. Like death, <laughs> death, death, hell, never going to see her again. It's like literally the worst thing. So like there's something up with this Virgo season. Yeah. For sure. Usually Virgo season, I'm just like on it and flashing and doing dope shit. And this one, I'm very internal. And it's good, yeah. right? I mean, you want people should be liberated from the concept that they have to do something they really don't want to do to make money it's just like a dumb idea at this point and i think enough people recognize that that's a dumb idea not everyone but enough people do that it's literally we're watching it disintegrate in our faces like it's it, it can't be if you want to get the most cartoonish depiction of what's actually happening and it's happening is get involved with cryptocurrency you will see pixelated pieces of art going for 37 million dollars and you're like wait i don't okay. understand can i just copy paste this can I just copy paste this? Why is this happening? And then you'll be like, huh, weird. <laughs> I love NFTs so much. They're my favorite. And I just learned, because, you know, I'm I'm not ahead of the cryptocurrency curve. So I just learned, like, as a poet, there's never really been poetry collectors the way that there's been other art collectors. Like poets, even the greatest poets in the world, historically sort of die poor and kind of not seen fully, even though they're well respected. It's just a thing like poetry no gets hidden shit. in a a book on a shelf. Yeah. But now there's ether poems and people yeah. are just putting their poems to like a digital image. And sometimes the image is just like a snapshot of their face. Like they're not the greatest digital images. Sometimes it's just like a little AI doing something and they're their poems and they're selling for thousands and thousands of dollars, but you know, ETH. We're at the point where if you just did it, yeah, if you just did a text-based thing where you just literally wrote a poem out in like a stylized font, that's the type of stuff now that is like really popular because not only is it first, if it's quality and it's it's like any piece of art, if you're doing it with intention and it's really a thing and it's not just to make money, it can be to make money, don't get me wrong, um, but that I could see being very valuable. If there's a famous poet and you own the first NFT of that poem, right, of that very first favorite po famous poem, whatever it is, that will probably be valuable to someone in the same way that like an original manuscript will be valuable to, you know, a collector of whoever they like. So, I mean, it, this stuff is, it's as far as your imagination can go, everyone has value and will place worth. I think it would be silly for most people to ignore how much consolidated wealth distributed as well, but is in the crypto ecosystem that like people will pay a thousand dollars for a text-based poem like you should see what some people are yeah. paying a thousand dollars for it's like you know it's so encouraging yeah. for me honestly because i don't even like style people will really compliment my poetry and be like you should have a book or you should do this and i just never do anything i'll like put an instagram picture and put my poem below and people are like you didn't even make this shareable 
but to see that other people are doing it and there's a sense of community that comes with the NFT. Like I haven't totally tapped into it, but I like watch them communicate with each other and support each other. And I'm like, whoa, this is new world, beautiful energy. I was just going to say, I don't have to keep you all day, but I love talking to you. It's always a pleasure. We're going to have you on synchronicity real soon too, before I leave. I cannot wait. Um, but just a final question before we go. Um, and you've already kind of said it, but I put on my Patreon like an episode that cryptocurrency is revolutionary. And there's some people who maybe don't totally believe that. What is your argument <laughs> of the magic of cryptocurrency and that even buying a little could be revolutionary? I think like all things, you're going to have a lot of fluff in any actually revolutionary thing. Like the internet is probably the easiest thing we can look to in recent history where like, you know, not everything on the internet is amazing. Not every company that's had a com in the early 2000s is amazing, but there certainly are Amazons and Googles and Apples who are like, they've changed the world. So you're not just like necessarily like throwing money in and watching it quadruple or triple or you know a thousand times that can happen but there's an energy there that if you just investigate it a little bit and find just i always say a community that's why we do the server that's like you know by far the most effective thing i've probably done even including the podcast because like you know telling people i don't know that that the podcast has helped but like you know when people make money and they really like learn some shit about how they make money and how they feel about money it's very empowering so it, it there are revolutions that are constantly happening that we're unaware of. And for us, they're not revolutionary. We're cryptocurrency just happens to be one because of how money and, you know, value functions in culture and society will be one of them that functions pretty much for everyone unilaterally. There will always be people outside of it, but it's like money. It's like, you can be like, well, I don't believe in the financial systems. Like, yeah, but you're, you're in it. You're using it. You're not off the grid. If you're talking to any of us, you're not off the fucking grid, you know? So you're not like pedaling for electricity <laughs> while you're doing a podcast. So it's like, the main thing is, is like, this is going to affect almost everyone in some way from here on out. We've passed the point. Five years ago, I didn't know. I didn't know. I wasn't sure. I was like, you know what? They could still maybe cry. It's too late. It's too late. The SEC is now going to try to be like proactively suing. The SEC is like, it doesn't matter for these currencies. People will always find a way to gravitate towards something that is better if it's actually better. Like the gates have been open. There may be a clash of totalitarianism and authoritarianism. Um, and cryptocurrency because they're not they don't go great together um most of the time in a truly decentralized system so we may see some divisions there um in the immediate or short or medium term but i mean who gives a fuck about any of that ultimately like if you can make some money and you can learn some shit and have a good time on doing it meet some cool people and do some cool shit like what do you who cares is it not happening? Am I literally just making up that this stuff is true? I mean, if you think that, then fine. But I mean, like, there's most people understand at this point, there are people out there, normal, regular, not insane people who are making money in a variety of ways in this space. And if you think it's a tulip bubble, 
it's a fucking long one. And I don't remember tulips being a store of value or, you know, being able to have an immutable blockchain behind them. And I'm not even, the, I don't even think blockchain is that great, just to be clear. It's solely the medium that works to ensure certain principles that are better than pretty much making up the rules, which is what we have now. It's just like more money, more yeah. money. Do we think more money? And the people get together and they go, well, <laughs> I think more money maybe is good. And they're like, all right, more money. Like that's what we have now. Let's try something else and see if people, it's a little more equitable and fair. And um, yeah, and be careful out there. I get scammed on an annual basis four or five times. I don't lose all my money, but I invest in something that is a total rug, a total scam, and it fucking happens and it sucks. But I've learned to basically laugh at it and brush it off at this point. And every single time I do that, I was at my lowest portfolio value in like four years. Um, a month and a half ago, I'm at all time high as of three weeks ago. So it's like, you just, you got to understand that like, not everyone needs to be as risky, risky as me, or like, you know, as you know, committed or can have conviction, but like you can find something that will at least make it better than just holding a dollar that's going down in value. That sucks. That's no, there's something better than that at the very least. So yeah. That's what I would say. Yeah. And just energetically holding on to something that's going down in value. It feels like that's a spell too, or a curse. Like energetically, I don't think that's great magic. That's not great for what you're attracting. I mean, I've done it and I've held something for a very long time and then waited four years thereabouts to cash out and make a profit. It sucks though. It's my biggest thing is I will take immediate short-term losses just from a purely financial standpoint, just so I don't have to bag hold some garbage for four years. It's the worst feeling. It's like holding on to like a bad relationship past the expiration date of the relationship. It's like, I don't want to do this. What am I doing this for? Like, why would I do this? Like, this doesn't, it's not working for anyone. We hate each other. Like, no one's happy here. You feel bad. I feel bad. So it's just like, you know, I, I'm averse to that, but I also don't get caught up in that because sometimes, you know, you don't want to hold something you bought at the top all the way down to the bottom, but sometimes that can cloud your judgment and that thing that you held, you know, scam or not, garbage or not, that shit will go right back up in value and you can buy it and benefit from it. So, I mean, and these are all obviously life lessons too. That's the thing I like about crypto more than anything else is it's all just metaphors and allegories for what we experience in relationships and life and anything. It's just most people have a lot of energy invested in money because it's basically our idea of security. It's like the womb for a lot of people. It's like, I am comforted if I have a home, which feels like a womb, which I get with money. So like it's this whole thing. And that's an illusion because we are not just physical beings who need to be comforted by things. Like there's a whole other spiritual, psycho, emotional layer that, you know, like I said in the beginning, it's fucking annoying. Yes. <laughs> but I love you comparing it to like the home and the womb. And that resonates so much. I'll get some cryptocurrency and like, I'll be in a really good spot with it. And for some fucking reason, I create something where I end up taking it all out right before it like skyrockets yeah. like every time. And I think that Don't, is like a metaphor yeah. for like, I create this cozy, nesty womb and then destroy it. Create a cozy, nesty womb, destroy it. So I'm breaking out of that. But 
I was gonna say, you know, if it, like I'm, a, I am also like big time creator destroyer energy. I've done this in many different ways in my life, so I very much get that tendency. It's functional in all of the areas. It's functional. There are certain things in our lives where we don't want to do that because we actually the thing we created we like to sustain and nurture and foster. It's just not maybe it's one percent of things. Having the ability to toggle that on and off seems to be like the skill. I haven't mastered it. I don't know. I, I'm flailing over here, but I do know that like it does seem to be for everyone's benefit. If that's your goal. Yeah. Some people don't have that goal. Some people don't. Some people's goal might only be to survive or not have their life be horrible. And that's totally fine. But if your goal is to like really create a reality that's amazing for you and your people in it, then, uh, you know, it's annoying. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, completely. And I want to just reprogram that because I think I'm addicted to the chemical, the brain chemicals that come with that. You get like a ton of endorphins when it's shooting up, like when you're like, your money's going up or the nest is working and you're like, fuck yes, fuck yes. And then I feel like I can't always sit in the success. And then, and then I get something out of destroying it and building it again. And I think we can really become addicted to that cycle or at least I can. So I think I'm having fun reprogramming that currently. Yeah. And I also wonder about whether that's addiction or just something that is following a natural kind of like ascension spiral protocol. Like there's a reason we get addicted, obsessive, drawn to, attracted to energies. And it's not because like there's some, it can be because, you know, we've been programmed or given things to make us want to do stuff, but it, it is because it's a natural tendency. It's a natural compulsion towards going up this spiral of realization and understanding that we get to choose ultimately what's going on and being able to be aware of that seems to be the goal. So it's like, yeah, I mean, I have no doubt that you will buy some cryptocurrency and hold on to it long enough to experience <laughs> plenty of gains. Like that's this, it's just like all this stuff is inevitable. Um, note reactions when it feels like it's not. You know what I mean? Just note your reactions. Like, are you swayed by the outside appearances of, you know, losing everything or missing out a gain? Or are you just like, oh, this is the part of the story where like it makes it cooler when it happens because now I know what it feels like when it doesn't happen, which definitely makes things cooler always. Like, that's why we have polarity. If we didn't have it, it would, trust me, it would really suck and be boring. That's why we give up uh, like full limitless omnipotent power to be like somewhat seemingly restricted in bodies is just because of how boring no polarity is it's pretty boring it's fine for a little <laughs> bit and then you're like all right i'm good yes the polarity noah thank you so much <laughs> for being here hey and tell us um you kept mentioning the server i need to join this is it on your patreon tell us about that yeah and i i want to be clear like this is the Patreon, you can join for the lowest tier and get access to the server. And then you can leave the Patreon. Like, it's not like you're lured into access for the server forever. I want that to be clear to people. The main reason I even charge for any of this, this, this stuff, and I don't need the money at this point. None of us have any idea how a computer works. We don't understand it because we're idiots. But we use the computer. It's the same thing. And it doesn't mean it's bad or good. It's just like, that's all it is. And people will eventually see that, like, People like me will be obnoxious to the point where they're like, fuck, this guy 
this guy's making money from this. I figure I probably can do it too. Even if that's my role in people's lives, that's fine. It's just like, it, you know, it feels much better in life to not have to obsessively worry about money. That sucks. No one likes that. It's not that functional either. So let's try to eliminate that as a thing and see where we can go from there. Beautiful. And are you giving readings now? I do. I have limited readings, but I'm probably going to close them up while I'm traveling just because of the time zone change. Um, I do at the end of the year because people ask about these a lot. Um, I do at the end of the year, like longer ones, I think half hour, hour long readings. I don't know what I'm going to do this year. Um, And those are the Christ consciousness readings, which are really fun to do. And I really like those. And that's as much for me as other people. Once in a while, I'll go on Instagram and I'll just be like, hey, you know, I'm doing readings for the next hour. So this is what it is. It was a beautiful birthday gift being able to talk to you. Oh, I'm so happy. I appreciate your energy. Yes. Um, My pleasure. And where can people find you? Where's the best way to find those Uh, offerings you just mentioned? I think website syncpodcast.com. My Twitter, I'm probably most active on. Instagram, I post stuff. You've been given some fire tweets lately. What's the Kanye one you said? That's oh, that some people realize (laughs) Kanye is a mystic and uh, some people are dumb and that's okay. And it's just true. (laughs) Yes. Okay. It's all right. What a beautiful note to end on. Thank you, Noah. You can book a reading with me at LaceyFree.com or support Horopod with Patreon slash LaceyFree. Thank you, Noah. Bye. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.